What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Forward Progress. It's our Super Bowl preview edition live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel. Part of the Hammer Betting Network and powered, as always, by Pinnacle Sportsbook. Joined by the usual crew, Eric Eager of Sumer Sports is with me. And then pro bettors, Suma and Hitman with me as well as we will get you set for the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Before we do, though, I'll just talk about this show in particular. Typically speaking, Thursday afternoons in the playoffs, we do a best bets show. This isn't going to be a best bets show because we only have one game. And spoiler alert, we got a best bets show coming up next week where we're not only going to have best bets from everyone here today, but 30 in total. More on that later on. But today we're going to cover the Super Bowl as a whole. Betting strategy, how each team got here, which players are most likely to overperform or underperform relative to their expectations. And then we'll end the show with a breakdown of the game and give our opinions on the side in total, which way we are leaning. So a lot to cover in today's show. Before we do, let's end with the final recap of the season. We went two and two on best bets last week. Nine and three overall for the playoffs. Eric, I will give you credit. You ended the season with seven straight wins on your best bets. At one point, you were four and seven. But overall, nine and three for the playoffs. The leans are bored, though, where Hitman takes a lot of pride. We had a great year, people. Just breaking down games and talking about these on forward progress here. Maybe they weren't best bets. But overall, I think if you were following our opinions on games, you probably had a damn good season. So overall, thank you to Jason for keeping track of this over the course of the year, uh, as it is important to be transparent with the audience. Before we get into this week's show, if you enjoy the content here on Ford Progress, smash that like button down below, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this in podcast form after the fact, kindly leave us a review. It goes a long way in getting our content out to the masses. But boys, let's get right into it. And let's start quickly here and spend maybe five minutes or so just on Super Bowl betting strategy. It's a very different week than we're traditionally used to seeing in the NFL. We've got two weeks between games. It's one single game. There's a million different markets. Hitman, I'll throw it over to you here first because you get down very early on this stuff and start betting early on this stuff. But how does the process change for you overall in terms of strategy for Super Bowl week? Um, I, I think it changes. I know like one of the common things that people have been saying for years is like look to play public players over and look to bet against them late. I think that the market has gotten a lot more efficient, the prop market, in the past few years where you're just not going to blindly be doing that. But there definitely is some spots where that could make sense. Like say you know that you're going to have an edge on like a Travis Kelsey over. Then if you know you're going to have that edge, you're going to play that on the opener by Sunday, Monday, because that is probably going to be a rare prop that it can get influenced by some of the public money that's going to get bet into it. Um, if on, conversely, if you like the under, which I tend to be leaning towards right now, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait. Uh, one of the big reasons I'm going to wait is because you're going to find a lot of rogue shops that are going to be really inflated on a guy like Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, some of the Christian McCaffrey, some of the star players, some of like the major prop shops 
have gotten efficient enough to where like I've noticed that post on these playoff games on a lot of big name players, it's not that inflated as years past where you could just play under and expect a profit. But if you do have a lot of outs for the Super Bowl, um, there's going to be a lot of, of public players that are going to be inflated. And there's a lot of books that aren't used to putting up huge menu or maybe they don't have huge handle on props where they're going to react to their handle and you're going to get value on the other side. So that's something that's different with um, the Super Bowl. I'll say that what's also changed in the past few years is by pre-legalization, books were not as used to pricing all these derivatives. And now like a lot of the bigger name shops, they're pricing a lot of derivatives every single week for every single game. And they have a chart, whether it's based off the spread and the total, and they could just chart it, put it in like the longest touchdown should be blank uh, total touchdowns in the game based off of 47 and a half total should be whatever. So those props, you're probably not going to find as big of an edge, but I look for a lot of unique props that these books are not pricing throughout the entire year. Uh, one example is stuff like penalties, uh, punts, how many 49ers players will have a rush attempt, how many chiefs players will have a, reception this is stuff that they don't price throughout the year so you're going to tend to find that the pricing is just going to be softer on stuff that they're not used to pricing so that's something that i look for and also middles uh i am not a guy that middles typically much i'm just trying to get as much liquidity down on what i consider to be the right side but in the super bowl there's a lot of markets that listen, it's either a hard time pricing or I just don't have the time to price something where it's a nickel limit on both sides. And you know what? I'll just say, all right, I'm just going to play uh, under eight and a half punts, minus 110 and over seven and a half punts, minus 110. So you'll find a lot of middle opportunities and you could either do that or you could try to handicap what the right side is on those. So it's a lot different than other weeks. It's changing rapidly every single year. But there's still a lot of opportunities. And I think that the most important thing is what you always preach, Rob, line chopping and having outs in the Super Bowl. Like it's important all year round, but for the Super Bowl, it's as important as any week. Absolutely. Can't stress that enough. Our show sponsor, Pinnacle, right now has basically the best number on the planet on the Kansas City Chiefs if you wanted to bet them in the game at plus 119. And we see some sports books in the plus 105 to plus 110 range. I mean, may not sound like a lot, but if you're betting 100 bucks on the game, you're going to win yourself like an extra 10, 15 bucks if the Chiefs win. So, I mean, that's just extra value in your pocket right there. Eric and Suma, I want to ask you the same question, just in terms of general strategy for this week. Anything change for you or anything that people should be aware about going into this week? We'll start with you, Eric. Yeah, I think Hitman had a really good point, which is there are a lot of props that they don't price every week. And like, and then there are ones, and I know you talked about this when we did this podcast last year, which is there are ones that there are small data problems. And I'm like the, you know, the data, I'm the data scientist, you know, uh, you know, in the group, you know, the mathematician, but like, there are going to be things like whether or not the first kickoff is a touchback, which is always like this fun problem that they never price. And you have to wade through the data of, you know, Kansas City plays their postseason games outdoors. And so what's, and then this game's going to be indoors. So what's the, what's the, what should the base rate be? And then the ball 
is slick and has you know a different a different context to it and now you have you know our and then you got to read the rules as to whether or not they're going to count the fair catch as a touchback or not and like that whole thing right so then there are and there are all kinds of these things or you know what's the longest touchdown in a game of you know 1.5 yards over or under that and looking at like you know what's the league-wide base rate versus what's the base rate for 49ers and chiefs and then you could look at okay well what's actually dependent upon that is it passing or like are you know do the chiefs get a lot of pass interference penalties generally but they've let the chiefs play in the playoffs so mm-hmm. how do you fact and so a lot of times and it's funny if you got, go to the games like you know nowadays you know back when i first went to the super bowl you know it was kind of like taboo to talk about sports books but now it's going to be everybody and their grandmothers can be sitting you know doing a fan duel or, or you know <laughs> ad read at the super bowl and and it's like and you talk to these people and a lot of times the, the alliance makers are literally making these lines without an algorithm. And so you have an advantage if you can actually think from a the perspective of just a, like a sharp player and actually put a probability to some of these things just by, you know, like the, the video that you put up with the two-point conversion, like literally looking at the conditional probabilities of stuff, that you get rare opportunities to do this in, you know, the draft, for example, and then the Super Bowl. And so this is a place where, I wouldn't really even touch side in total unless you really think you have an edge, but like hunt down different outs and actually find, you know, things that you don't believe are priced often in the season and know that you have an advantage if you can actually think through these things logically, uh, you know, with your, you know, and, and have an edge if you think about it differently than maybe the books are when they have to think about 800 things and you only have to think about 10. Uh, great advice there. Suma in our private chat says he can't add much more to Hitman's breakdown, which is pretty solid. I'm just going to add a couple more points here really quickly. Um, first and foremost, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be thrown around this week in terms of historical trends, right? This, uh, you know, in the last 26 Super Bowls, the first quarter has only uh, been the highest scoring quarter one time. Um, there's going to be a billion other trends. I've seen stuff about the moon this year and what the chief's record is when there's a certain type of crescent with the moon. There's all sorts of stuff where people are going to take historicals from previous Super Bowls and try to apply it to this year's. I'm not saying it's complete nonsense and throw all that out the window, but you have to account for the price for this year. And just as a specific example, one of my favorite props that I used to bet was over two and a half different players to have a pass attempt in the game. However, I used to bet that at a very different price than what it's priced at now. And eventually the market starts to correct on this stuff. So don't fall into the trap of just blindly betting trends from previous years. You have to account for the price as well. The last thing I'm going to say, because a lot of people get excited about this stuff every single year, you're in pools and whatever. There's tons of novelty props for the Super Bowl. If you see something get steamed into oblivion, someone knows. Someone knows what's going to happen. Do not convince yourself that there's value on the national anthem under when the over gets steamed by a bunch because you've watched the performer twice on YouTube and it went under the total. Just don't do that. It's a bad strategy. So for this stuff, if stuff gets steamed into oblivion, it's very likely that someone knows something. Don't fall into the trap of just betting your opinion or doing research on the novelty props and thinking that's going to get you somewhere because it's not going to get you anywhere. All right. 
Let's get into the game. Before we do, lots of familiar faces in the chat. Steven, Patrick, Dan, Dan K, Nathan, bunch of you in here that are in here on a regular basis. Anthony, Glenn, Eric, appreciate all of you joining us. I am marking your questions as they come through. We'll do a Q&A portion of the show as well, where we bring up some questions on screen and give our thoughts to that as well. If you do want to get into that, just make sure you're subbed here on Forward Progress. Drop your questions in the chat. We'll try to answer them at some point over the course of the show. But let's just start really quickly, briefly, Eric, with you. Like, we, I, I went back and watched the first week of the playoffs. And we were talking, like, it's very interesting, our handicaps of each of these games. But, like, I don't want to say we were writing off the Chiefs. It's not like we were. In that game, they steamed against Miami. There was a lot of injuries on the Dolphins' side. But it was kind of like, yeah, the Chiefs could get there, but they haven't shown us anything all year long. And now all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl again here. So walk like how did the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl? What's the main culprit for it? Did they run into a, an easy schedule, which a lot of people are saying, well, there's injuries on the opposite side for Miami and Buffalo. They lucked out. Or is there something specific with the Chiefs in the playoffs now where they've been able to flip a switch? Yeah, I mean, actually, when we look back at the at our handicaps there, and actually when I was watching the game, I remember watching the Chiefs-Miami game, like trying to reverse mush the Chiefs offense the whole time, being like, oh, my God, they're going to turn it over here, they're going to turn it over there. But we talked about it. like we Most of us liked under in that game for the reasons that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And they're in it because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But the real reason they're still in it is because their defense is – cooking with gas I mean if you if you were to come you know and I know there's injuries but the offensive injuries for the teams that they faced are non-existent and if you look at you know first round of the playoffs and I know there was weather but Miami you know Tua Tungabailoa led the NFL in passing yards Josh Allen probably could have won MVP if we had maybe a little bit more uh analytically woke kind of understanding of football and Lamar Jackson won the MVP or is going to win the MVP and they held those three teams to 41 points in the AFC playoffs. They're in the Super Bowl because Brett Feach is cooked with gas ever since they lost to the Bengals in the AFC championship game two years ago. And they've done nothing but backfill, and they had injuries to Willie Gay didn't play last week. You know, Charles Amenahu missed the second half of that game with an ACL. He's going to miss this game. You know, Derek Nottie's missed the last two as their nose tackle. Uh, Brian Cook, who is the starting safety, he's been out for a while. Mike Edwards, who's a starter in the Super Bowl they lost two years ago, is now their, was their third safety is starting for them. They're in the Super Bowl because they have probably the second best defense in the whole NFL. And they've been able to supplement because Andy Reid did what Andy Reid did in a bunch of Kansas City meltdowns historically in the playoffs last week. He turtled after starting the game pretty damn well offensively. And that defense just kept the Ravens out of the end zone. and of all of us in this in this room know this, the Chiefs had basically like, what, 50 EPA differential from the next worst playoff team in the NFL in turnover differential. And we all know this as analytics people. That regresses, and it regressed in a huge way against the Ravens. And their penalty differential has mostly abated as well. And so, you know, statistical gravity has gone back their way. And it's highlighted the fact that they have a great defense and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have mostly gotten out of that defense's way. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. And you know what, Eric? I do have to give you credit, as Nathan does in the chat. You did say to bet the Chiefs to win the AFC. We don't count that towards the records in the show. Um, 
because that would have made you pass me and I don't want to I don't want to have that happen that's I don't want to admit defeat but no honestly great great call on that Suma on the other side 49ers number one seed in the NFC uh looked great throughout most of the regular season with the exception of a few games here and there which were injuries and then that Ravens game but in the playoffs so far not looking so great they find themselves in the Super Bowl after what some would argue would be two lackluster performances from the team. What do you make of the 49ers right now? Are they better than what they've showed in the last couple of weeks? Is this what we can expect from them for this one game going forwards? Was there anything stylistically that you think posed them a problem? What do you make of San Fran right now? Yeah, I feel like San Francisco, the, the, the past two weeks had some lucky bounce bounces going their way. Like, Uh, first game against Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay went up and down the field on them, could not score touchdowns in the in the in the red zone, had that fourth and two um failure. So Green Bay could have easily won that game. Brock Purdy could not throw in the rain. Uh it was just that one last uh championship drive, so to speak, of where the 49ers showed us everything they They are capable of, and then they sealed that um, game home. Last week, I mean, in the second half, I don't want to take anything away from the Niners, but the Lions really, I mean, everything or, or, or every key play in the second half went the 49ers way. Like that um, must-have interception that went straight into Brandon Ayuk's um, arms, um, Goff having um, open guys um, who, who drop passes on like key downs. So, so the Niners, in my opinion, got a few lucky bounces, but it still doesn't take anything away, from, in my opinion, from what this team has been over the course of the season, which has been by far the best offense in the league. I think what Kyle Shannon has built, especially this season, with a slightly better quarterback, with a quarterback who can use his legs and who... Um, Uh, basically demonstrated last week what what the difference between like Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, uh, between Jimmy Garoppolo and, and and him is and that's basically this this um this highlight style I can get something with my legs I'm, I can scramble for for 20 yards I will throw over the middle of the field maybe sometimes in into, into clouded areas and, and still hit my guys I think this is something that separates Garoppolo from Brock Purdy. And um, Shannon has built this well-oiled machine that still makes all the key drives um, late in the game against Green Bay, late in the game against the Lions. They are capable of, of scoring like on, 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 on every drive. But I will also say what's concerning about the Niners is their, their defense. And that was uh, brutal last week. Uh, Chase Young, I mean... I. I I, I cannot even explain what, what that was like. There were one place where he was chasing guys and basically went full stop in the in the middle of the chase. Don't know what that is, but um, I think that the Niners got a little bit lucky to be here. But overall, um, the reason they are here is still, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan, who has built this phenomenal offense that carried them throughout the season. And that um, had to overcome defense a few times. There's a lot of good discourse in the chat right now about uh, the 49ers in particular over the past few weeks. Um, Chase Young, to me, had an awful performance last week. And uh, Dan says the 49ers pass rush seemed weak last two weeks. Lines and Packers O-line play well. I, I would agree with that. I think that 
Uh, typically speaking, you see them a little bit more dominant at the line of scrimmage than they were over the course of the past couple of weeks. But guys, let's let's get into it. Let's do a little bit uh, more of a forward-looking projection here now at the Super Bowl. Really quickly before we do, you see Hitman wearing a nice pinnacle hoodie right there. We're doing a couple of giveaways over here at Forward Progress for some beautiful pinnacle swag and some bet stamp swag as well. All you have to do is head over to www.thehammer.bet forward slash the nails. There's an enter now button, which you can see on your screen. And if you do enter now, uh, you're able to enter the contest and win yourself some swag. You'll also see in the bottom left-hand corner here, the forward progress community section. I'm looking for feedback here. There's a pin thread. What did you enjoy this season? What didn't you like about forward progress? We're taking all this feedback into account as we put together our schedule for the offseason and for next year's NFL season as well. I'm a big believer in sourcing feedback. I respect all the opinions out there. So if you get a chance, head over to www.thehammer.bet forward slash the nails. Leave me some feedback so I can structure these shows a little bit better for everyone next season. Uh, all of this goes a long way. Could be positive, could be negative. I don't care. Whatever comes to your mind, throw it in there and win yourself some swag as well. Let's get into uh, the player performance side of things really quickly. And we'll start with you here, Hitman. You're more of the player performance type of guy um, on the out of our cast. A lot of people looking to bet player props. Rather than going through every single individual player prop that's already posted at sportsbooks and comparing the markets, Let's do this where we go around the horn here and kind of give out our players that we think are most likely to overperform or underperform relative to expectations. So Hitman, we'll start with you here on the overperformance side. What's someone that you see, generally speaking, is maybe ranked a little bit too high going into this game, numbers a little bit too high that you'd be looking to fade? Uh, so yeah, someone that I'd look into thinking that they underperform uh, is Brandon Ayuk. Cleve TA, I thought, had a really good thread about just how dominant the Chiefs' defense has been against number one wideouts. He wrote that they faced eight wideouts, ranking the top 12 in yards per game this year, and they held all eight to 25% below their season average. And one thing about San Francisco is they have the versatility offensively that if there is a negative matchup or a break-even matchup with Sneed versus Brandon Ayuk, they have the versatility on offense if they don't have to force the ball into the tough matchup. And they could get the ball to three of the top playmakers in the league in the passing game, and Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and um, George Kittle. And Kansas City this year, for as good as their defense has been, and they've been really good, They've been dominant, as we said, against number one wide receivers, but it's led up to it's led to some really big games to complementary receivers or complementary pass catchers this season. So I would think that Brandon Ayuk would be the guy that I could see being a little overvalued this week. Suma, you're not in your head. I guess you uh, agree with a lot of what Hitman said there. Yeah, Ayuk is also the the, the one that I have noted for myself, um, just because. Um, of the ability of Steve Spagnuolo basically erasing the the opposing wide receiver one as as Hitman has explained, and I could also see like Shanahan really trying to go a, a little bit more CMC heavy. So Brandon Ayuk would also be someone uh, to point to for me. Eric, on your end, yeah, I think I think on my end, I'm actually looking at Rasheed Rice. Uh, I think that the He's been great for the Chiefs. I mean, he 
um, when when you look at kind of how how what's kept this team afloat. I think this team would be in a very dark place if if uh, Rasheed Rice wasn't uh, wasn't on the you know wasn't wasn't on the team. But uh, the last few weeks, he really hasn't done much other than kind of like the bubble screen stuff. And I know like Kyle Hamilton was really is is terrific at sort of uh, you know making plays side to side. Um, but I think this is going to be more of a Travis Kelsey game, more of a Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Justin Watson game. And there's a really good Justin Watson question in there about longest reception at 25 to 1, 30 to 1. If you watch the, the matchup in the, last, uh, in the last matchup last year, most of the time the Chiefs were not able to go deep last year because every team played that too high shell against them. The one team that actually challenged the Chiefs with their safeties was the 49ers and Talahona Nufanga had that interception on Mahomes early by jumping the route. And that was the one game that Marquez Valdez-Scantling had 100 yards uh, because they went deep against the Niners defense twice. Uh, and so I, I do think that this, and that's not the kind of player Rice is. Rice is an underneath player. I do think that they squash down on the, on the Chiefs and force Patrick Mahomes to go deep. And as kind of inconsistent and as kind of frustrating as MVS and Watson have been, the Chiefs in big games have still gone to those guys, and I and I don't think they're going to force feed Rice. I think they are going to go to you know for better or worse to MBS to Watson uh, downfield and and possibly Kelsey against the safeties as opposed to uh, you know to Rasheed Rice against the corners. I'm going to pick up on that because I think you bring up a lot of good points there. But to me, the way that I think San Fran might defend the Chiefs in this game would also be less conducive to Patrick Mahomes' rushing yardage. Uh, I do think San Fran's going to play a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. Now, this is highly dependent also on how you think this game is going to play out. Because if Kansas City's trailing by a bunch, I think Mahomes uses his legs a lot more, has the opportunity to do so. If they're winning, then you get the kneel downs at the end of the game and stuff like that. Uh, but ultimately, the Chiefs don't have those big downfield weapons right now and they have not shown the explosive plays in the passing game over the course of the year so I do think San Fran plays a lot closer to the line of scrimmage they try to contain Mahomes as much as possible and force him to throw the ball downfield a little bit more than we have seen especially having two weeks to prep for this game so that's one where I think naturally people gravitate towards the overs on mobile quarterbacks in the playoffs uh, because they lay it all out in the line in big games and things of that nature I think San Fran is really going to make that a lot more difficult going forwards. Uh, on the other side of things, Hitman, I'll start with you again. Who are we looking at that uh, maybe is most likely to, uh, you know, let, let's say blow their expectations out of the water? I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a very hard player to project. There is a lot of variance with him where it's just does he freaking catch the deep ball that gets thrown to him each game. Right. And he happened to do it in the Buffalo game. And he also happened to do it on the last play of the game against Baltimore. But just based off the fact that he ran 44 of the 46 routes last week, which was actually one more than Rasheed Rice even. And the fact that the weakness of the San Francisco defense is against perimeter boundary wide receivers. I think that he would be the guy that I think maybe gets a deep ball or two. I mean, maybe I know uh, Kyle in the chat mentioned longest reception. 
maybe even some alternates with MVS because there's a wide range of outcomes for MVS. It could be zero yards. It could be 56 yards. So I'll go with MVS as the guy that maybe I think will overperform expectations. Suma, what do you think? I also had Suma, I didn't read your mind again, did I? <laughs> same same angle as Jameson Williams basically last week for me because um I can I can see scenarios where a guy like MBS gets behind the defense like one or twice and uh, Chiefs are able to to maybe scheme up uh, two or three big plays and um, yeah, MVS is the perfect kind of guy who could get these receptions. Uh, Eric said it last last season against the Niners, three catches, 111 yards. I think this could be a, a sneaky good MVS game on the outside. Eric, you've uh, you've seen MVS a lot, and I'm sure he's caused you a lot lot of headaches over the years. Yeah, but I think this one, I'm actually going to go with the defensive player because you can bet sack props. And uh, Charles Domenehu being out of this game, I think is is big, but I think the Chiefs are going to get really creative here. One thing that they've done, especially in the postseason, has been move Chris Jones over tackles. And one thing that's been sneaky since the last time the Chiefs played the 49ers in the Super Bowl is the 49ers like low-key suck at a lot more places than they did the last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And namely, the other four places on the offensive line. And specifically, Colt McKibbins is like terrible. Like he's not a good right tackle. He's taking over for Mike McGlinchey. Uh, he has like a 57 PFF grade. Now, Chris Jones has most of the time when he's lined up over tackles been over the left tackle uh, – or sorry, over the right uh, – yeah, he's been over the right tackle playing left end. So – um, 214 kind of, and the five tech, the 108, uh, as like a six or seven tech, I think he lines up over Colt McKibbitts in this game, bull rushes the heck out of him and gets at least the one sack. You're going to need to get over that prop, uh, in, in that game. Uh, I, I see like a, this is really weird for me to say, because typically I don't look at the top of the board and like, uh, there's value in these guys, especially taking alternates. I do think that there is a scenario in this game where Christian McCaffrey has a monster game, like enormous, massive game. Because we look at the game plan that Baltimore had against Kansas City, and everyone's like, what, what the hell were these guys doing? And a lot of the 49ers running schemes are really schemes that the, the Chiefs do not defend well whatsoever. I mean, that's been kind of the kryptonite for the defense. Kyle Shanahan is not like the coach that, you know, he's he's very good game planner. He's not the coach that I think is going to like overthink these type of things and come out with a strategy to try to get the other team off guard. He's going to go with the bread and butter, run behind Trent Williams, pick up yards with a lot of these outside zone runs. I mean, we've seen it work against the Chiefs time and time again. So I'm not exactly sure how to play it necessarily, whether that's McCaffrey just over on rushing attempts or alternate overs or whatever. But I do think that there's a scenario here where he has a massive game and you see a lot of the other skill position players, particularly on the outside, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, maybe a little bit less involved or lower than their metrics. So that's the guy for me that stands out is like has a really good matchup that potentially if the game state ends up being the right one could end up putting up a ton of yardage here. A lot of back and forth again in the chat. 
Great that everyone's tuning in. I see the public uh, bet against the public conversation has filtered its way in here. You know how I feel about that. Um, betting against the public. I mean, the Chiefs were the public side last week. I get, it, they were the public side against the Ravens. All the professional money was on the Ravens. Look at how that turned out. Again, I just don't put a whole lot of stock into this stuff. At some point, you trust your numbers one way or another. Before we get into just breaking down the game as a whole and our opinion on the game, Wednesday, February 7th, this upcoming Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. It's our annual Super Bowl props extravaganza. It is returning for another year. First time around was three hours. Last year, four hours. Somehow they convinced me to do five hours this year. Five hours, 30 best bets from a variety of different guests. We've, we've done this a bunch. Looking to make another winning year uh, after last year we had a winning year. Make sure you set notifications here on Forward Progress for this. And I will say, the value in watching this in real time is tremendous. We will very likely see a lot of these plays steam as they are given out over the course of the show. So hell, call in sick if you have to. Next Wednesday, stay at home, fake a sickness, your kid's sick and you got to stay home. Whatever you got to do to watch five hours of prop betting, that is next Wednesday here on Forward Progress. Be here for that. All right, guys. Sides and total. Current market right now at Pinnacle. It's kind of been back and forth. We're back to kind of where the opening number came out. Chiefs plus 119 on the money line. Spread is two. Total in the game sitting at 47 over minus 110. Suma, I'm going to give you the opportunity here to go first and give your breakdown of the game just so that Hitman doesn't spoil it for you again here. But <laughs> break it down for us. 49ers, KC, how do you see this playing out? And if there's anything that you like in the game on the main market, you can throw it out there as well. Yeah. Um, 49ers, best offense over the course of the season. I think uh, that's a, a, a cold fact when we look at, at any number out there. And what I'm most interested in is going to be how Steve Spagnuolo is going to defend this offense because um, what the Chiefs' defense does well and does not so well play basically plays exactly into the hands of the uh, 49ers because the chiefs are great at defending the pass uh spagnolo likes to blitz a lot around 30 percent of the time but they are not that great against the run um especially against if you you mentioned already uh, against some of the concepts like inside zone they are not very good at which uh culturally likes to call a lot um, Chiefs D also against 12 personnel that the Niners run a lot. The Chiefs defense gives up 0.10 EPA per rush and nearly a 45% success rate um, against those ones out of 12 personnel. Um, also against the Blitz, Brock Purdy has been amazing this year. Like Kyle Shanahan knows how to uh, scheme up hot routes and, and open guys that uh, gets into the um, replacement zone. So um, that's probably not the greatest way like the Chiefs defense has played all year. I'm not sure, and I will ask Eric that later, uh, whether <laughs> he believes that Spags will come up with the same iteration of his defense this week. But I think if they bring up this exact defense, I think that Shannon will probably come out with a game plan that will feature 
uh, Christian McCaffrey a lot because the Chiefs defense also ranks 21st in DVOA against running back passes. So maybe a heavy dose of um, CMC runs and, and also uh, throws to Christian McCaffrey maybe against the Blitz. Um, last week, the Ravens, I mean, I, I, did they have like five running back runs all game? I don't remember. And um, at some point, they, they also started throwing into the flat to their running backs. And like almost every time it, it went uh, for, for a first down. I, I really think that the Niners off, uh, um, offense is going to, to feature CMC early on. Um, and that might play into the weaknesses of the Chiefs defense. So I'm really excited to see what they uh, come up with. On the other side, I think that the Niners defense is um, not as good as in years past. We have talked about it all the playoffs. We have seen it twice again. Packers uh, moved the ball on them up and down the field, whether it was uh, through the air or through the ground. Lions, the, the exact same. Um, now it won't get easier against Patrick Mahomes. And I, I also think that the Chiefs will get something going um, on the ground because um, what the Lions and Packers did on the ground against those uh, supposed to be great defensive ends. I mean, Nick Bosa is a great pass rusher, but he can have some bad reps against the one. Chase Young was a complete liability. Um, interior of the Chiefs um, O-line is not bad at all. Might hold up. So I can also see them um, having some, su some success with, with off-tackle runs. And then I, I, I just don't trust that Niners defense and Steve Wilkes um, that they really can shut down Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, that's my uh, breakdown. Right now, I don't, don't have a strong lean or a strong edge on a Super Bowl side right now, but um, I lean towards the Chiefs on the money line. Uh, think about a final score in your head. I'm going to come back to you here and put everyone on the spot here. For a, a projected final score, it's good for content, right? I mean, if it, if it hits, we cut the clip, we post it to Twitter. If it doesn't, we just forget that it ever happened. That's how we do it in the content business. Uh, Eric, I think Suma made a, a pretty good analysis of the game altogether. You're obviously a Chiefs fan, but you have been able to remain impartial as long as I've known you on the Kansas City Chiefs. How are you feeling about this matchup in particular, Super Bowl against the Niners? Yeah, it's weird. I'm like a lot less scared of the Niners as a Chiefs fan than I was four years ago for the reasons that, you know, I talked about where I just don't think they're as deep. And I think the Chiefs are much deeper. That being said, I think the Chiefs, like, uh, you know, their edge at quarterback and head coach is a lot smaller than normal. Like, as far as, like, they're just not as good. They're just not as lethal offensively. Um, and so when I look at this game from a side and total perspective, like I still lean under to a Chiefs game. And because I think that there's still a number of outs, I, I think that there could be a situation where the Niners hit on every note offensively and then the Chiefs respond in kind because the 49ers defense isn't that good. And it becomes one of those games that is, you know, runs away and, and under looks like a silly play. Um, but I also think that there's situations, Rob, you said, you said something earlier where you're like, Shan or somebody said Shanahan's not going to get away. He, you know, he does call a good game. However, in big spots, you know, my boss, Thomas Dimitrov does not have a Super Bowl ring in large part because, because Kyle Shanahan, like at, during big spots, like really shit the bed, like as a, as a play caller and, and like in the, in the chiefs game. They had a 10-point lead with a great running offense, 
and they had Jimmy G dropping back and throwing it into Chris Jones's neck, you know, and at the end of that game. And so I, I agree. Shanahan's fabulous. He's a terrific play caller, but there's like that little part of me that wonders if he's not going to donk a timeout uh, or go, you know, kick a field goal. Like I like Jake Moody over one and a half field goals for that very reason. I think they're going to move the football. The chiefs, as we said last week, have really kind of mediocre drive success rate with really good EPA allowed. I think that that's, I think that that game, that's going to play to under a little bit. I don't think it's a huge edge, but I do think that there's a lot of ways, much like last week's game where in our minds, we see both offenses being able to do some things, but in the way that game actually plays out, the way the chiefs really want to play football in 2023 is an under game. And and even in the ways in which the Niners clearly have an advantage in this game, which is running the football against the Chiefs defense, it's still a very slow game wherein both teams get eight or nine possessions. And 47 and a half is an awful lot of points to go over in such a game. All right. Uh, we got a case for the under here from Eric and ended pretty hot in the season. So he's a guy that you want to listen to for sure. Hitman, I know you released a side in this game. Uh, it is the Super Bowl. It's a little bit different in the sense that like maybe not be the largest edge in the entire world, but there are people who are looking to bet on this game. Who's the lean for you in terms of side here? Oh, we're going to call it a lean Rob, because let, listen, last week, lean on Kansas city against Baltimore, easy winner. Two weeks ago, lean on Kansas city against Buffalo, easy winner. If you remember, we made Super Bowl picks or it was AFC picks unofficial leans. Do you remember what my pick was Rob? I'll let you just. It was a lean Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, so we're gonna ride them all the way on this game. In all seriousness, uh, Kansas City. I mean, they've been so impressive this postseason. Where as they had a dominating win against Miami, they won by three against Buffalo, who was third in DVOA and fourth in net EPA. But the scoreboard really didn't do justice, in my opinion, on how dominant of a win. It was for Kansas City. They had over eight yards per play on non-kneel downs. And then last week in the game against Baltimore, who was first in DVOA, DVOA and third in net EPA, the first half margin in that game, it felt like Baltimore was extremely lucky to only be down 10 in that game as Kansas City turned it over on downs in the red zone, on a play that you could argue they got the first down on third down and didn't challenge it. Mm-hmm. And then they had a touchdown called back on a holding penalty that was completely irrelevant opposite side of the field on uh, Rasheed Rice's touchdown. But it just feels like Kansas City is a team that's playing better ball recently. Um, The last 10 games with Snead, Bolton, and Jones in the lineup, Kansas City's defense is allowing the league best 4.3 yards per play. They're third in EPA. They're second in success rate. And like Suma was talking about with this San Francisco defense, They're allowing 12 more yards per drive in the playoffs than in the regular season. 50% of drives in the playoffs are reaching the red zone or scoring. It was half that, 25% in the regular season. You go back and look at how they were even playing in the regular season to end the season. They had a good effort against Washington defensively, but Baltimore – was able to move the ball on them. And Arizona was able to run for something like 230 yards and score on them as well. So I'm pretty concerned about the San Francisco defense. And it it just led to me to a small, again, small edge. There's books taking $200,000 on this game. 
10 days out. So it's a small edge, but we'll go with the official pick. One last lean, Rob. Can I catch you on the lean, on the lean board yet? Do I need uh, I, I guess it depends on whether or not I give out a lean as well. And like oh. in, in my position, I would all like, listen, if I was playing just to finish the top of the leans or board, I would obviously give a lean on the Chiefs right now, which I'm going to do because I actually lean Chiefs in this game. Um, listen, there's like lots of reasons that you could potentially come up with a with a 49ers great game plan where they could win. Like no one's denying, denying that the 49ers are a good team, but I trust the Chiefs coaching staff more. I trust the Chiefs quarterback more. I trust the Chiefs defense more. This is like full circle from where we were maybe like a month ago. But right now, I don't want to bet against Kansas City. I especially don't want to do it where I have to lay points or lay some sort of juice against doing it. Uh, I actually think, and I'm curious what you guys think about this, but I, I, I'm i very interested in selling points on Kansas City in this game. So Pinnacle right now, you could bet Kansas City minus two, plus 134. Some books have minus two and a half in the plus 140 range. With the way that these coaches coach, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, not super aggressive, not guys that are like going to go for two a lot. I kind of see it like a clean cut final score where you don't get like many options where teams, the game lines exactly one or exactly two. I like the option of selling points in this game. Um, And I think that typically speaking, you can make this case in a lot of games where a team's a small underdog and you like them, but get yourself a good price in the plus 135 plus 140 range and root for the chiefs to win by a field goal or more. What what are your thoughts there, Eric? I kind of like that. I mean, Andy Reid has done a little bit better of a job on fourth downs and stuff like that than I think the narrative, but both guys are complete donkeys on two point conversion stuff. So you're probably not going to get weird scores. Even, I mean, you remember two weeks ago against Green Bay, he didn't go for two until the next touchdown that he should have. And so, you know, both guys, I, I do agree with you that like, I think the key numbers are going to be actually key in this game for sure. All right. Let's get to uh, some of the chat questions here. Nathan asks any Super Bowl bets. Uh, he bet Sam Darnold Super Bowl MVP. I haven't looked at the price on Sam Darnold yet. Uh, just out of curiosity, if I, if I, him and you probably know all the prices for MVPs here, but who's more likely to win the MVP? Like a Sam Darnold or let's say like a Marquez Valdez Scantling, as an example. It's probably Darnold, is it he, not? I don't know. Nathan, if you need more Darnold, hit me up. I don't <laughs> think he, I don't so, think he's. So can we, can we talk about this one? Because Patrick Mahomes has not even, like, from a statistical standpoint, Mahomes has, like, the two kind of met MVP performances. Like, Damian Williams should have won at 19, like, statistically. I and disagree then, with that. Uh, I mean, he I had two picks. Uh, I mean, he was awesome. Like, he was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I mean, were going to take two interceptions when he normally doesn't throw picks. He had the two – he had the rushing touchdown, which helps. But, like, Damian Williams from, like, a against expectations, which is how you're – how we're all talking about Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like if he has 150 yards, that's like how 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 does other than the fan vote and the and the Swifties tell me tell me the the delta between Chiefs win and Mahomes MVP in like other than the fact that like because the Chiefs defense isn't even like a strong link defense anymore. It's not Chris Jones and a bunch of scrubs. It's like really well distributed now. So, like, I also wonder, like, when I'm making a – like, it is Kelsey and then no 
like if you're looking at the delta between those, they're really pricing in Kelsey and then like an epsilon error, aren't they? There's more to the, the I talked to the Hitman offline about this yesterday, right? Let's let's bring it up on the show. We might as well. 20% of the vote this year is fan vote, right? 20% of the MVP voting is fan vote. Who 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 are the Swifties voting for? Almost regardless, regardless of the situation. Like Travis Kelsey could have one catch for, for now. That's not going to get him enough to, to win the MVP. But if he has like a borderline close enough game touchdown. Yeah. You can see how this is very possible, right? Hitman? If it's two-two, if it's two-two with the real four with the real four voters, then the tiebreaker probably goes to Kelsey. So, so, I mean, did I bet it yet? No, I'll, but it, I, I could see the handicap behind it, where all you need, like normally, you would need the voter. If it was five normal voters, you'd need three-two Kelsey to win. In this case, it's four voters and two-two. It tie you win because probably Kelsey wins the fan vote. So isn't it isn't it crazy that we had Gronk on on and a tight end's never won Super Bowl MVP before? I I yeah I, I don't I'm not aware of one that so like are you stating that as a fact? Or are you no, that's that a fact. Okay. I just, I just okay. looked right now. I mean, I I was pretty sure of it, but it's it's never happened before. Um, but that doesn't obviously Swifties don't know this and they don't care. Like, so it's, it's sort of this, like, yeah. I, I do think it's funny, like, I, cause I was thinking about, you know, writing that up and I'm like, I, it is different than most years, but like even Mahomes last year was very clearly great, but he threw for like what under 200 yards in that game last year. And it was mostly Andy Reed, like Andy Reed was in his bag in the second half of that game. Mahomes could barely move and they, they gave him the MVP. We've also seen games where, like Eli Manning won the MVP the one year that the Giants defense really kicked Brady's ass. But it, and it, again, it's because you like Dexter Jackson won the MVP one year when he really shouldn't have. And I think that they Malcolm Smith won it when he played like 14 snaps. Like they, they're shying away from giving it to defensive players. And so it really is a quarterback award. And given like it could be McCaffrey, obviously, but that that but there's the Chiefs don't have a star running back. So it's like it is really a thin margin, but the Swifties thing actually does kind of put Travis, I think, in a in a real in contention here. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. That kind of leads into one of the other questions was, uh, is there anything specific about how books score props that betters should look out for? This wasn't like particular to how they score props, but maybe like a little bit of a, a hidden angle. Uh, for me, one thing I would just say be very careful about because it did come up on a live stream that we did earlier this year. <laughs> If you're going to bet someone like, um, for example, uh, Ray Ray McLeod or potentially Richie James to 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 score like first touchdown or anytime touchdown because they're on the kick return teams and they get a special teams touchdown, be very careful to bet those at a sports book that pays out the individual player. So read your house rules when you're betting touchdowns because at some books that's going to be in like the defense and special teams category. Other books, it's going to be individual player category uh, as well. A um, few others here. Will GRP be on the extravaganza? Of course he will be. This is not, uh, he will be there. GRP is one of the 30 picks that's coming in next week on Wednesday. So make sure you set notifications 
uh, for that Especially as if well. you want to get at it before the line moved because once yeah. GRP gives it out, yeah, I mean, it might get pulled from a lot of shops. So we got to wait till we get well, ahead of that. The reason Zillow's not in there is because we got to wait till limits are are at their peak, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Of course, right till you know when when the, when the books are taking 500k on the game, then he'll be in there as well. Um, please let Rob's best bet be for a field goal not to hit across. <laughs> I, that is a good bet, by the way. I'm not saying, listen, if you're not into the lane, that, that's 16.7%. You know, that's that's a good bet. But we can get into that story another day. Whatever. I'll own the L. Uh, Strategy-wise, does KC sell out versus the run and let their st stud secondary man up on those San Fran weapons? What do you think, Suma? I don't think so. Uh, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, um, guy, someone will get open. I, I don't think so. Eric, thoughts? I agree. I think that that's like almost what the Ravens expected them to do and built their whole game plan around and then they didn't. And then that's like why we saw the WTF like game plan for Monken. So I would guess no. I guess they want to basically dare Jake Moody to kick field goals. Yeah, I saw uh, Brian in the chat here was saying that the San Fran wideouts are man coverage beaters. Uh, Chiefs play man all the time. What I will say is that, yes, Debo and Brandon Ayuk are man coverage beaters. And yes, Kansas City plays a lot of man. They've done it very successfully. And like they, it's not been against nobody. Like They played Jamar Chase and T. Higgins this year in a game where they shut them down. They played A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith in a game where they shut them down. They played Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in a couple of games this year and shut them down. They played Justin Jefferson. They played Devontae Adams twice. Like these, Nobody's putting up numbers on the Chiefs' man coverage this year. Nobody. So, yes, you have great receivers. You also have very, very, very good man cover corners. Uh, for you, Hitman. I think Pacheco's worth a look for some rushing blocks, uh, props. Niners defensive tackles, better pass rushers than run stoppers. Hargrave, not a good run stopper. Armstead, former end, light inside. Any thoughts on Pacheco so far as you've been scanning the board? Um, he actually got bet under by a, by a sharp service two days ago. So he was like in the low 70s. Now it's in the mid-60s. Um, not much of an opinion, to be honest, on it. Um, yeah, not, not much of an opinion. Sorry. No, that's no, you don't have to apologize for not having an opinion on something. I think the line, I think the line's right. And honestly, maybe it gets steamed up at some rogue places. And I bet the under later, uh, before the game. Got it. Uh, does under two and a half pass throwers now have value? I haven't done my work on this one yet off the top of anyone's head. Any of the Chiefs or 49ers wide receivers, did any of them play quarterback in college or high school at all? This is what I typically tend to look at in these games. I I know, but I think they have one non-quarterback pass attempt on the year, if I'm correct. Blake I, Bell I played quarterback for Oklahoma. Ah, the old Blake Bell trick play. Because, you, you, listen, I, I think you will see a trick play in the Super Bowl, potentially from both teams, but it could be a flea flicker, and it ends up that your quarterback is throwing the ball down the field, right? Yeah. We try, Detroit tried a flea flicker last. Well, in 2019, Debo lined up to pass and then, like, tucked it and ran, and so that was, mm -hmm. like, a bad beat in that game um, in the 2019 Super Bowl that they had. 
McCaffrey played quarterback last year. Yeah, in the, well, in the, in the game yeah. that Purdy against Philly. Ah, yeah. yes. Emer- well, yeah. so there's lots then, of options here. There's lots of yeah, options. And then for Kansas City, Derek McKinnon's probably not going to play in the game, right, Eric? Uh, he's yeah, but he also like game. never. He was an option quarterback wherever he played, so he actually like can't throw anyway. It's like sort of this weird thing. Really? Yeah. Uh, George, Georgia Southern, right? Yeah, he would. He just yeah. ran. Like he has like a terrible arm. It's sort of weird. <laughs> and then I think I think uh, I know Tony has a really strong, like insanely strong arm. But he's well, he's he's not afford to play. I don't think. <laughs> I know Tony can throw the ball like really far, but yeah, probably doesn't play. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we got the most of the questions here. Appreciate everyone who did get questions into the chat for us here on Forward Progress. A reminder, one last time: head over to the Hammer Bet forward slash the Nails. Sign up for a giveaway for Pinnacle swag and for Bet Stamp swag, of course. Leave us feedback as well. And next Wednesday, I'm not joking. Set the calendar notifications, 12 noon. We got 30 people in a row. They each got a 10-minute slot. Hitman's with us. Dr. Eric Eager's with us. Suma's with us. But there's a whole lot more that are coming on. And we'll start to roll those out over the course of the week so people know exactly who is going to be there. If you're in Canada, make sure you check out Pinnacle Sportsbook. Best line right now if you want to bet the Chiefs in the entire world is at Pinnacle Sportsbook. If you do sign up in Canada, use code HAMMER to do so. For myself, Rob Pizzola, for Dr. Eric Eager, make sure you're checking out Sumer Sports leading up to Super Bowl week as well. For Hitman, for Suma, for our producer behind the scenes, big Dave Canales fan, Jason Cooper behind the scenes as well. This has been another edition of Forward Progress right here on the Hammer Betting Network. Everyone enjoy your Super Bowl week. We'll catch you back here next week as well. Peace out.